this is the third week. If you haven't went back and listened, I would encourage you to go back, outline these, these messages, make them your own, so that as you're out there discipling people, that you can literally sit down with them across a table, sit down with your family and talk to them about what the Bible says, of how our identity as Christians should be completely found in Christ. You know, it's interesting, I found a movie, I think it was called A Matter of Faith, and it was about a young girl that was going to a secular university as a freshman, and she was in this biology class, and all of a sudden, this, this biology teacher is an evolutionist, and he's trying to, trying to really just push everything on and all this stuff. Well, she's going through a lot because her dad found out about it, and then he got hooked into debating this biology teacher who's phenomenal at debating of creationism versus evolutionism. And, and this Christian girl who is like so many believers who don't know who they are is, is begging her dad not to do this because you're ruining my reputation in this school. And she just was not willing to stand up for who she was in Christ. And this is where so many believers are. Oh, we come to church. Like, I remember Denise Hagen down at Rama. She, she, uh, she was talking about youth. And they, they interviewed youth pastors uh, full-time youth pastors from all over the country, and there was a book written about it, what the predominant thought process was in our high school believers that attended these youth groups. And it was overwhelming like this, that they looked at Christianity as something you put on and take off. So when I'm with my friends at school, I take off my Christianity. But then when I go to church, I put that on. And that's that's what so many Christians do because they don't really know who they are. And, and anyway, there's this Christian guy that was talking to her at this university in this movie. And at one point, he's like, man, he goes, you're not even willing to stand up and say this. And he, and he said, he said, have you ever accepted Christ? And she's like, well, yeah. And he goes, yeah. She goes, he goes, it said, said, he said it so clearly, I wish I could quote it exactly, but he goes, you know, you accepted Christ with an attitude of addition, not with an attitude of submission. And that's your problem. You came to church one day or you had a, something with Jesus and you're like, yeah, you know what? I believe he is God. I definitely don't want to go to hell. So you know what? I'm going to add Jesus to my life. And he's my little Jesus. And I, you know, I kind of keep him. He's like my rabbit's foot. You know, he, he's just kind of here. If I get in trouble, I could call on him. I'm adding him to my life. Do you know that never works? Do you know you never find out who you are in Christ if you do that? But you can also come to Christ with an attitude of submission. Jesus, you are my Lord, and my life is no longer my own. That's the individual that gets to know who he is. See, when we're really talking about our identification with Christ, what we're really talking about is really getting to know who he is. Because when you get to know who he is, that's when you discover who you are in him. Amen. 
So we've talked a lot about this. Good movie, by the way. I was really impressed with that movie. So our identity, our whole identity, is found in who we are in Christ. Do you know Jesus Christ is irresistible? He's absolutely irresistible. When you get to know him, you just want to know him more. Do you know why we preach and teach the word of God around here? Because you could sum your whole life, you want to be equipped to do anything in the earth, you have to know him. Everything flows from knowing him. That's why we'll never stop. We'll only go deeper, right, as we get to know him more. So we said this last week, the word identification. We are identified with Christ. We're talking about the power of your identification with Jesus Christ. The word identification means to treat or consider as the same. Okay? And I said this last week, that's going to mess with your, any religious thinking that you might have. Say what? To treat or consider as the same? Well, yeah, doesn't the Bible say that? As he is, seated at the right hand of God the Father. That's where he's at right now. As he is, so are we in this world. Right? We're to walk like him. We're to do the works that he did. Actually, he said, you'll do greater works because now I'm going to my Father. Why? Well, now i got the keys of death and hell. I've got all authority in heaven and in earth, and I just gave it all to you in my name, so now you can go. And as, as the Father was working through Jesus when he was on the earth, now Jesus, by his Spirit, is working through us supernaturally as we walk through this earth. So being identified with Christ means that you're treated or considered the same as him. That's what we're talking about today. See, if you ever start seeing yourself as you really are, that your life, as Colossians says, is tucked away with Christ in God. Another portion of scripture says that you're one spirit with God. That's amazing. Now, are we saying that we're God? Well, no, absolutely not. We're saying we're his kids. That's pretty awesome. I got to tell you, you know, I remember being in the sporting goods industry and being around some of the premier professional athletes of the day. But I get a lot more excited every time. I could talk to Jesus. I could talk to my heavenly father, the creator of the universe. Anytime. Magic Johnson, Walter Payton, Michael Jordan. I've met these guys. Jesus. Do you know? I mean, God, Julius Irving, he was my he was my hero. I remember I met him in New York City the year he, he retired. Oh. I felt like a little kid when he shook my hand. I'm like, I'm sorry. Because his hand just kind of wrapped around my hand four times, right? Born again, spirit-filled Christian. Great guy. But you know, when I, after I met him, I walked away. No different. But you know, we just spend just a few minutes 
in worship today with the Lord. And right now, I've got goosebumps upon goosebumps upon goosebumps. And you know, we'll leave this place tonight, and man, it'll be all over me all night. It'll be all over me tomorrow and the next day. And then it'll just start building more and more and more. It's just amazing. The anointing, how it changes you. What we're saying is, my complete and total identity, your complete and total identity is in him. That's, that's, that's really, for you to ever meet yourself, you have to know that. Who you really are is literally wrapped up in all that he is. That's, that's like, right? That's amazing. We discover who we are. We said this last week, as we see who he is. We discover who we are, not as we listen to who he is, but as we see revelation knowledge. As you gain revelation knowledge of who he is, literally the Holy Spirit on the inside of you is shaping you into the same image. Wow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is why you can never discover your true identity until you're completely submitted to him. I'd like to tell you, you could add Jesus to your life and be okay. And oh my gosh, he's always going to bless you any way he can. But it's when you completely make a decision. And, and I have a feeling I'm preaching to the crowd, the, to the choir right now. Because I'm seeing a lot of people that have done that. That they're just completely submitted. So expect to discover who you really are in him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said this last week as well. Christ is our life. He doesn't just give us life. He is my life. Right? For me to live is Christ. Paul said, to die is just nothing but gain. Why? Because now I'm with him there. But then at the same time, he's like, however, though, it's more needful for me to be with you guys right now. I'm so grateful Paul stayed around a little while, right? Ran his race. Christianity, we said this. We're kind of reviewing just a little bit. Christianity is not just us living for God, right? It's Christ living through us. So you have to die to yourself so that Christ can live through you. And that that is Zoe life. So the power of the gospel, the power of the gospel, the power that comes forth from the gospel is what produces our in Christ identity. It all comes from revelation knowledge of the word of God. You can't figure this out any other way. You don't decide who you are or what you do. You discover because it's already all laid out. God laid out a plan for you. He put gifts inside of you. There's a special grace inside of you individually. There's special faith that you have to walk out his specific plan for your life. To experience Zoe life while doing it. We are completely content where we are in every situation 
on the way to where we're going. I'm not going somewhere because I need something to happen so that I can be happy. No. When you know who you are, I'm already, I'm already complete. I'm already satisfied. So now I could be content where I am in the midst of all hell breaking loose. I could be content because I already know my future. My future's it's, it's, it's okay. He's got a great future for me. It's all in Christ. It's already mine. Satan can't stop it. So I could be content where I am on the way to where I'm going. So many people, so many believers are so stressed and they're so unhappy because of what they're in right now. And what they don't realize is, no, you're not seeing what you're in right now. You're just seeing some of this peripheral attacks of the enemy stuff. But really, you're in Christ, which means you're okay. You're safe. There's health for you. There's healing. There's life. There's provision. There's peace. And God, the God who's holding everything together, will see to it personally that you walk out every desire that's in your heart. And all Satan will do, he'll try to parade people into your life that have gone through what you're going through to try to parade them in front of you, people who have never laid hold of things. And then he'll sit on your shoulder and say, see, you're never going to lay hold of it. But that's why let every man be a liar, but let God be true. Because, see, your mouth is the deciding factor. You decide. But you got to know who you are to understand that. We said this, the gospel, right, is the power of, It's the power that produces our in Christ identity. Good works can never produce this new nature. But the new nature will produce the good works. Right? Hallelujah. We're created in Christ Jesus, the Bible says, unto good works. That means that Christ... Well, God the Father put everything in Christ that you would ever need. He put everything in Christ that he wanted you to have. Everything. The Bible says, we were talking with the men, we're going verse by verse through the book of Colossians, and it talks about how God is forbearing. And every time I read that word, I just want to just cry. Because when you look it up in the Greek, it means that God, see, it it literally means that each of us individually are the object of God's love. Do you know that? He knows you by name. Knows everything about you. And you're the object of his love. The Bible says you are his poema in Ephesians. You are his masterpiece. Isn't that amazing? That's how come it even says in the Bible, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of one of his saints. Why? Oh, because he just can't wait to just be with you. But he doesn't want you to come home early because he's long-suffering. And he doesn't want you to come home the wrong way. He wants you to come home satisfied. You know, I'm satisfied. 
Call your family around you. Hey, guys, I'm done. You're going to be okay. But I'm going, I'm going to bed tonight. I'm going to wake up with him. So that's the way we're supposed to die in faith. We live by faith. We leave this planet by faith. I have a feeling we're all going to leave this planet hearing the sound of a, the voice of a trumpet saying, come up here. Amen. Hallelujah. So there's about 130 scriptures. We ended this last week. 130 scriptures that tell you who you are in Christ, not going to be, not going to develop into, but who you are right now in Christ. I told you about a little book. I got myself in trouble because I guess we were out of them. But they, they have them now. So um, I, I don't even know what we charge for this, but it's like hardly anything. Uh, it's just this little tiny book in him. Kenneth Hagin put this together. Well, his ghostwriters put this together for him, right? But it's just all these scriptures of who you are in Christ. I would encourage every one of you to get them. Go through all, all, all through the back. It has, it has all of them listed. Underline them in your Bible. Now make sure you use a ruler. Because man, the crooked line thing. Ugh. You know, just for that, for your pastor, just use a ruler. Underline them. But no, I'm just teasing you. But this is who you are. It's who, what, who God says you are. So I want to encourage you. You can get that in the, in the bookstore. Hallelujah. See, the way you react to God's word is the way that you react to him. Boy, I remember when the Lord told me that. Do you know from that day? Boy, I used to just think, oh. My mom made me memorize chapters in the book of Proverbs. She's probably watching right now. Not from that camera, but from the one up here. You know, she's probably laughing right now. She'd make me stand in front of her. These are the Proverbs. I mean, just da 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 She'd stand with the Bible. I'm so glad she did that, you know? But the way, see, I used to just dread that. Man, I'd have to practice. I mean, have you ever tried to memorize a book in the Bible? That's crazy. But my mom would make me do that. And with my mom, it wasn't optional. So, you know, I mean, it was just, it's something. Now, I don't memorize scripture anymore. Because I've learned how to live out of my spirit. So sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it just starts coming up. And you could just quote chapter after chapter. And I'll be going and I'm just like, wow. I could almost see the numbers of the verses inside of me. And I'm thinking, there's no way I know that mentally. But it's so, it's so fun. But I used to dread it. And then when the Lord said, hey, the way you react to my word is literally the way you act, react to me. From that day to this day, I've never, ever, ever dreaded the word of God. Because I don't, I don't, I, I react to him. When I mess up, I run to him. Right? When I mess up big, I run big to him. <laughs> I could tell him anything. He's always there to listen to me. Now, he'll straighten out my speech. But he's always there. He's irresistible. And I'm getting to know who I am in him every day. 
So look at Gideon's example. Go jump back to the book of Judges, chapter 6. I want you to see the way God kind of deals with people. Judges chapter 6, we're going to look at verse 12, and then we're going to look at verse 14 and 15. Gideon's example. It says in Judges 6, 12, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Now, if you know the story, Gideon, this Gideon was right in the middle of failure in every way. He's like, he even said to the angel, you must have the wrong guy. Because I'm like from the, the least tribe, the least family in the tribe. He's hiding, all this stuff. And, and, it, and the Lord said to him, you're a mighty man of valor. While he was in the midst of failure. That's interesting. Verse 14 And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might. Go in this thy might. He said that to him when he felt like he had no strength. Remember, the word of God is enablements. Right? Think God might know something that Gideon didn't know? God will speak to you things that you have have no evidence at all that what he's saying to you is correct. And many times we don't, we don't even hear it because it just goes past us because we don't, we don't understand who we are. The more you learn your identity, the more you'll catch these things. Gideon ended up changing a nation. The Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent thee? I mean, think about this. This guy's in hiding, and he's like, you are going to save your nation. <laughs> and, and then he had, to, he had to remind him, have I, not, have I not sent you? See, if God sends you, it already means you have more than enough to do where he sent you. Do you know everybody sitting here? God sent you into time. Had you born at the exact time that you were to be born. Wow. I was born in 1962. There's something real dear to my heart. I'm looking forward to the day before I leave this earth that prayer is reinstated in school because it was taken out the the year I was born. Why not? Why couldn't God some way use me now, does that mean I'm going to get all political and I'm going, to, I'm going to stop pastoring and go, no, no, no. But I wouldn't doubt if God doesn't raise some people up and equip them to do it. I believe God for that all the time. Right? I'm telling you, God has set you at the end of the church age. At the time when this world will see the greatest revival that it's ever seen. That the time where where it's perceived that darkness is is at its greatest strength. But we know different. Oh, they're loud. See, volume's not power. Oh, it's loud. It sounds scary. 
right? We got viruses. We got all kinds of stuff. But we also abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And although a thousand will fall at our side and ten thousand at our right hand, it's not going to come near us. See, we, we just know some things. I love that. And he said unto him, verse 15, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. See, maybe God knew something that Gideon didn't know. I'm telling you, God has spoke things over you. He said, listen, you are born of me, and by the mere fact that you're born of me, this is 1 John, you overcome continually the world system. Wow. Changes our perspective. Let's go to Romans chapter 4. Let's look at Abraham's example. Romans chapter 4, verse 17. Hallelujah. Romans 4, 17, this is God talking to Abram. He says, as it is written, and now he's going to, this is going to quote Genesis 17, 5. I have made thee a father of many nations. I have made thee, past tense, a father of many nations. Time out. God said this to him before Abraham had one child. Sarah literally could not have children when she was younger. Now she's older. Abraham was 75, which would have meant Sarah was 65. Couldn't have children when she was 25. And he says, I have made thee a father of many nations. Interesting. Before him... This In the Greek, it would, it would literally read like this. Like unto him. Which means God was saying that Abraham was likened unto God's holiness. Are you kidding me? He was an idol worshiper. But God spoke that to him. He calls you a world overcomer. He says, when you speak to a mountain, if you won't doubt in your heart, but if you'll believe those things that you say, wow, you'll have whatever you say. He says things like all things are possible to you if you'll just believe. These, God says some big things. It says, before him whom he believed, even God, who does what? Quickens. He makes alive the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. In other words, that's the language of faith. God, in other words, is going to tell you things about yourself that there is no evidence that you can see that it exists. You need to be ready for that. I'm telling you, as sure as I'm standing here, you need to be ready for that because God is going to speak to your heart about some things and, and you'll sit there and, and hear that in your spirit and, and there will be no evidence at all that it even exists. Get excited because that's part of God's plan for your life. Oh, there's no decreasing. Now, you might retire from your career 
but you're never going to retire from your ministry. And you're never going to diminish because the Lord is your what? Shepherd. Isn't that amazing? I love that. The word of God is all the evidence that you'll ever need. That's it. If you have the word of God on it, you can do it. Hallelujah. Turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Look at this. It says, 1 Corinthians 6, 9, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay? Be not deceived, neither will fornicators inherit the kingdom of God. Neither will idolaters inherit the kingdom of God. Neither will adulterers inherit the kingdom of God. Neither will effeminate nor abusers of themselves with mankind inherit the, 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 the kingdom of God. Neither will a thief inherit the kingdom of God. Neither will the covetousness. Now we should probably be getting into, have, have any of you fit yet? <laughs> Pastor, I worked hard all day. Now what are you telling me? That I'm not going to inherit the kingdom of God? Neither shall, what? Drunkards. Oh boy. Anybody had trouble in that area? Revilers. Extortioners. You could be sitting there going, wow, he's kind of hit all every area in my life. And then it says in verse 11, and such were some of you. Don't you like how gracious the Holy Spirit is? Because this was written to the church at Corinth. I'm so glad I never had to pastor the church at Corinth. Because the Holy Spirit would not have been lying to say, and such were almost every one of you. I mean, maybe there was one right that wasn't i mean you probably had a sexual addiction way before you ever hit a teenage year in corinth there's all kinds of stuff going on but it says and such were some of you but you doesn't say you were washed oh they were already saved paul was talking to christians See, aren't you glad that when you get saved, you're made brand new, and then while you're saved, you're constantly being washed? Isn't that awesome? Do you know if you never get dirty, you don't have to be washed? Do you know how many people beat themselves up when they when they have some sinful or unrighteous behavior, which only flows out of the fact that you don't know who you are. And then, see, I love that song we sang. What is it? He, he turns shame into glory. See, Satan, when you mess up, he'll try to get you in the shame. I remember when the Lord told me, he said, stop it. He said, when the devil says shame on you, Tony, you point your finger at him and you say, shame on you, Satan. Shame is not on me. My shame was put on Jesus, and he made me his righteousness. 
Because shame will drag you back into the sin. So don't ever give in to shame. God has turned all of the shame of your sin into glory. You're brand new. And you're washed. You're being washed right now. All of us are. I love that. But you are washed. But you were sanctified. Nope. You are sanctified. Set apart for the master's use. Well, now wait a minute, pastor. I don't know enough. I just have to, I just have to learn a little bit. No, 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 no. When you got born again, you were set apart for the master's use. You know when he wanted to start using you? Right away. Man, when you first get saved, you can just go tell people what Jesus did. It's that simple. But man, when you get, you know, you sit under the word long enough, you become so Bible taught that it freezes you. Unless you're a doer. Because then you, you just get, it's like, okay, I know God's got this plan for my life. Pastor said this, it's already laid out and this and that. And, and I got to try to put all this together. No, 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 no. You can't move and st- nobody could be steered unless they're moving. Just start telling some people what Jesus is doing in your life. Forget about telling them what they need to do. Have you ever had somebody tell you what to do? Doesn't that just bless you? Right? You should be a pastor. Everybody tells me what to do. It's hilarious. No, you know what? I curse that word. In Jesus' name. I don't want people coming out of the woodwork telling me what to do. Right? Everybody. We're charismatic believers, man. We are word people. Right? Everybody knows what everybody else should do. By the Spirit of God. No, no, no. We work out our own salvation. We're washed. We're sanctified. You are justified, not were. Oh, you were, but you are. You are justified. You know what that word justified means? You are righteous. Can't forget the next part. How in the world am I washed, sanctified, and justified? It is all in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. You're washed, you're sanctified, you're justified, not going to be. This is who you are. If you're sitting here, if you're watching online, and you're just feeling like a big mess, this is who you are. You are washed, you are sanctified, and you are justified right now. Hallelujah. First Peter chapter 1. First Peter chapter 1. I just feel like I could scream right now and run and just look, be silly. I hope that this is 10% as good to you as it is to me right now because, wow, I just love the Lord. He's so good. So good. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. The word is so fresh when you know who you are. 
When you walk around and go, wow, right now as I'm walking, I'm washed, I'm sanctified, I'm justified. My father's not mad at me. I'm not worthless. My father's not going to sit me down like my parents sat me down and, and go over everything I've ever done wrong. He never brings up the past. All things new. 1 Peter 1.3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope. Do you know? You were born again. You have a lively hope. What is that? Hope is future. You have a lively future. And it's not, it may happen. No, hope in the Bible is a joyous, confident expectation. In other words, it's already done. I'm on my way to my next victory. I'm on my way to my next breakthrough. Everything in my heart, I already have it. What is the desire of your heart? The only thing I can tell you is whatever it is, he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or think. He's begotten us again to a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance. You and I have an inheritance. What is it? It's incorruptible. I love that one because I'm telling you, that Greek word means it cannot be destroyed. I don't know about you, but before I started learning some of this stuff, man, I destroyed stuff. Right? I'm, I'm here to tell you tonight, you haven't destroyed your inheritance. It's not, you can't destroy it. It's incorruptible. It's undefiled. You can't contaminate it. That's what that word in the Greek means. Isn't that amazing? But see, if you think, do you know how many people are going, well, I could never have that. I'm just not, you know, I'm just Tony. And they're up to here with all their failures or all their shortcomings. And God's like, all that stuff is lies. That's not even who you are. Undefiled. And that fadeth not away. You didn't mess it up to where it's gone now. What? But, But pastor, I've walked for 40 years knowing God but doing things my own way. It's too late for me. Fades not away. It's right there for you right now. Grab hold of all of it. Boy, I'm telling you, you're going to see some believers that are going to do some incredible things. Or I should say it correctly. They're gonna, God is going to do some incredible things through their life, redeeming the time, and you're going to sit here and go, oh my gosh, they just harvested 40 years in two years or in one year. I'm telling you, if there's anything in your life that needs turned around, this will turn it around. Know that. And it's reserved for you in heaven. It's reserved for you. God's saying, it's reserved. I love, you know, when, when you were part of this word of faith thing, man, you know, in the, in the 90s or whatever, or 80s, I'll just use the 80s. 
You're going to go to a Brother Hagen conference at the Faith Dome in L.A. I was so glad I was a worker. There was a seat reserved for me because that place held 10,000 people. And there was about 14,000 people that wanted to get in the doors. And they're everywhere to hear this little guy from Oklahoma teach. Brother Hagen. I'm so glad I got to go in a door because I, I had a seat that was reserved because I was going to work in the conference. So I wasn't concerned that I wouldn't have a seat because it was reserved for me. Right? Do you know when you go to a hotel, you go on vacation, you don't worry about it. You're like, no, no, time out. I've got a reservation. Do you know your inheritance is reserved for you in heaven? And look at this. We've been raised to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that fades not away, reserved in heaven for you. Well, who are you who are kept by the power of God? Do you realize part of your identity is you are kept by the very power and ability of God. Satan can't steal your life. He can't take you out with sickness and disease. He can't stop what God has called you to do. Can't do it. You are kept, but you got to believe it. And that's why you got to know who you are. You're kept by the power of God. How? Through faith. You have to believe that. It's through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed. Boy, was this written for us in the last time. See, we are a partaker of the very divine nature. So now you're ready. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Man, we're not getting very far tonight, but I think we are. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore... If any man be in Christ, guess how many of us are in Christ? All of us. If the Holy Spirit dwells in you, if you've received Christ, you are in Christ. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. That means an original form, one that's never existed before. It literally means a new species. Man, don't think you're a person with a past. Don't let your natural past affect you. You're born again. Yeah, but you know, I made every, see, I made every mistake as a Christian. Do you know what? I was saved. I'm being saved. I'm constantly being washed. So I'm still someone with no, no past. The power of sin's been broken over me. Why? Because I was crucified. See, identification the in Christ reality. I was crucified with him 2,000 years ago, even though I wasn't born until 1962. I was baptized, I was buried with him. I was raised to newness of life. I'm seated with him in heavenly places. And now sin will have no dominion over me anymore. That's who I am in Christ. I'm a new creature. Old things have passed away and everything is. Look at the way it's written. Behold, all things are become. That's a real interesting phrase in the Greek. You know what that means? That means every moment of every day, 
Everything is becoming new again. Guess what? Right now in your life, it's new. And now, and oh, and by the way, right now it's new again. It's new, it's new, it's new. You're always new. Can it be? Tony, that's just too good to be true. Yeah, it's the gospel. Yeah, it's not religion. You'll have to go someplace else to hear religion. Right? Because we're going to preach the gospel here. If, if religion ever comes out of my mouth, I could just see all your faces. Woo, whoa, what? Time, time out. I'll be like, whoa, what was that? No, 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 no. Right? You must agree with God. Gideon agreed with God. What happened because of that? He agreed with God. It changed him and it affected his whole destiny. Read the story. But he had to agree with God first. So this is the thing. You agree with God. You say that you are who God says you are. And what that does is it will change you. Now by change, what I mean is transform. What's on the inside will now start dominating your outside. And then it'll affect your destiny. That's how that's how, it, that's how it happens. Agreeing with God's word, what it does is it brings, boy, this is so important to get this. It brings the power of God on the scene to change your destiny. See, what I mean by change your destiny, no, your destiny doesn't change. It's there. But what happens is if you're going this way and your destiny's that way, if you start agreeing with the word, guess what? It'll move you right into it. It'll just get you right back on the path. This is so important. The same power in the event is in the message. You got to get that. The same power that is in the event is in the message. The same power that is in all those events that we read about is in the words of those events. That's what we're talking about. When you see Jesus doing things, the same power is still in that today. I can do all things through Christ. In that event, when Paul was writing that, the same power is in that almost 2,000 years later to set you for, to, to make you free in an area. All the power is still there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hmm. So let me just close with this. The law of identification. It's a spiritual law. Here it is. And we'll talk about it more next week. Now we're starting to get into almost, we're, we're about in step one right now in this, in this series. The law of identification. Everything Jesus did, he did for us. It was set to our account as if we did it. Let me say this again. Then I'm just going to leave you hanging and we'll just, we'll come back next week. Everything Jesus did, he did it for us. It's set to, your, to our account as if we did it. It's, in other words, it's ours. 
It's ours. Here's one verse that kind of explains that. John 15, 9. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. And then now what do I do with that? You continue in my love. So what we're going to start talking about is this principle. To understand this law of identification, you must understand substitution in order to understand identification. This is huge. See, we have some ordinances in the church, right? We do baptisms. What does that do? It identifies us with his death, burial, and resurrection. What is communion, another ordinance in the church? It identifies us with Christ. We're identified with him. It's set to our account. See, when you sit here and you declare, I thank you, Father, that Jesus shed his blood and it eradicated my sin. See, that's already been set to your account. His body was broken for me. It was set to my account. What do, we, what do you mean by that, Tony? It means that his body was broken for you. He bore all of the sickness and all of the disease 2,000 years ago. It was set to your account. So now if sickness or disease attacks your body, it's all right there for you as if you, it's, it, well, I should say it this way, you own it. That's probably the best way to say that. You own it. All you got to do is pick it up. This series on identification, it'll be probably one of the greatest series on faith I've ever taught. Because when you understand you're identified with him, everything Jesus did, he did for you. It was set to your account. It's yours. You own it. You just have to receive it through faith. This is, this is huge, guys. And we need to get this because so many of our brothers and sisters don't understand it. They, actually, so many of our brothers and sisters have never even heard it. 